0: I want to welcome everyone here today to this Agape Christian Fellowship meeting. We are here to discuss how to prepare for intercession. When the Lord places somebody on your heart, it's often a call to pray for that person. And Christians refer to this as intercession or standing in the gap or the act of intervening on behalf of another. There are some key factors that will help our prayers to have the maximum effect. Some preparation may be necessary. Why do we need to prepare? How do we prepare? How do we prepare? And what does preparation accomplish? By finding the answers to these questions in the word of God, we can be used more effectively by God in the lives of our friends and family, especially. There are many types of prayers for others. Now our Lord gave us instructions about prayer. Matthew 6, verses five and six, this is the English standard version. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others truly i say to you they have received their reward in full but when you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you you may be called as an intercessor which means god will place somebody on your heart that you no, only slightly and then the holy spirit guides you in what to pray in what we call the prayer closet in that private place in your room where it's just beside be, between you and god now many people who are called as intercessors are never recognized by man it is a heart matter between that person and god these intercessors are building up treasures in heaven as they work in the privacy of their own homes. Now, when intercession is done for family members or even friends, you will need to prepare for what is to come. Unlike interceding for strangers, when it's family and friends, we can be directly involved and part of the process that is initiated through prayer. Even if we are not leading the prayer, even if we have come to someone else and asked them to pray for a family member, there will still be an important part for us to play in order for good fruit, good results to come from intercession prayers. Now on occasion at Agape Christian Fellowship, we have seen the hearts of kids instantly open up after their parents remove generational curses. Unfortunately, this is rare. People have free will, so their hearts must be ready to turn to God. More often than not, that can take time. It's a journey. There is no magic prayer that acts as a magic pill and solves all the problems that have been building up over years. If God has placed others on your heart, you need to be prepared to be used by God. This means that we need to prepare ourselves and examine our walk before prayer comes and after it is received. There are things. There are really three things that we need to have ready when asking for intercession for friends and family. If these are not in place, we need to work on getting them in place as quickly as possible. First, we need to know how to receive guidance from God. Now the 301 course in the academy it's called, it's the hearing from God course. Um, it's receiving charges. It's where you learn how God sounds and what can block God. That's a good thing to do. We also, well, but we'll go into that more in a minute. We'll go into all of how to receive guidance from God. We also need to have a level of maturity and be growing in the knowledge of his ways. We must have the fruit of God's spirit in our life as well. Even if you do not need to work on all three of, their, of these, there may be at least one that needs improvement. We have, our walk with God, is a, it's a process. We go from glory to glory. And each one of these items can be improved upon in any Christian's life. I hope you'll take a close look and decide if there is something that you can grow in concerning these three things to deepen your relationship with God. Now, first, in order to receive from God, how do you receive from him? When God begins moving into the lives of our loved ones, we are part of that process, whether or not we like it. We need to know when to speak, when to remain silent, what to do and especially what not to do. In order to operate in this way, we need to receive instructions from the Holy Spirit. You see, he is our counselor and our guide. He knows the heart of the person who's been prayed for and he knows what they need to come to the place in God they need to be. He will show us what to do and when to do it. When to remain silent is probably the most important thing we can do good words spoken at the wrong time can push people away from God instead of drawing them to him. You see, the Bible tells us this in 1 Peter 3 verse 1 in the Amplified Classic Version. Married women, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. This is a big key. You notice it's not by discussion. It's not all the words you can speak, all the things you can tell them. It's by your actions. Being submissive to men does not come naturally to women. I can tell you this not only because I'm a woman, but because it's in the word of God. One of the things placed upon Eve when she and Adam were removed from the the garden was this. Genesis 3.16. And if you are and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. This was a curse given by God as a consequences upon Eve for eating that apple and talking her husband into doing it as well. For this reason, it comes quite naturally to women to want to dominate the relationship. For centuries, women have failed miserably at the mission first assigned in Peter 3. Because in order to help our husbands in their walk with God, we forget that we must fight that curse that causes us to try and dominate the relationship and be submissive. We have to keep quiet until the Holy Spirit tells us to speak. That can be so hard. Now, letting go of control in a situation, it takes faith in our Lord Jesus, knowing that he is all powerful, knowing that we can trust in Jesus, even if our husbands are not following God. The Lord will lead them and we must place our faith in the Lord to do that. In the free book angels believe in you I give examples from my own life when I was a new baby Christian where I had to submit to my husband's will and trust in God to change his mind. Especially if God was calling me to do something and my husband disagreed or I felt God wanted me to do something, so I I hope that book helps anyone who um, would like to take a look at what this looks like in person. Now, a big part of submitting to our husband, as I said, is watching our words. Our words have power. My heart is greatly grieved when I see a woman tearing her husband to shreds with a sharp tongue. You see, Peter makes it clear that it's not by our actions, but by our words that our husbands come to know God. Knowing what to say and when to say it is not only important in helping our husbands come closer to God, but our children as well. Ephesians five twenty five in the American King James says, husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So now we're moving from wives and your job and how you need to even watch your tongue when, with your, with your children to husbands. You see, Godly men have a responsibility to their wives. The best way I can demonstrate this, since I'm not a man, <laughs> is to ask questions and answer them with scripture. So how did, since we know that, that a man is supposed to love his wife as Christ loved the church, how did Christ love the church? Let's see. Number one. Did Jesus demand respect and honor by by declaring himself king and forcing submission? Nope. Jesus came to be a servant to all. Here is Matthew 20, verse 28 in the English Standard Version. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but but to serve, and to give himself as a ransom for many. Now, did Jesus give harsh rebukes and criticisms to everyone who is doing stuff wrong especially the church no nope. see jesus first loved us and because of this we love him that's 1 john 4:19 we love because he first loved us the only time jesus was harsh was when he was zealous for god's house and he said to those who sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. This is from John 2, 16 and 17. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Jesus gave correction at times, but if you go back and look at the correction he gave to the Pharisees, to the rulers of the churches, it was... He kept correcting them he kept showing them the truth but he didn't wasn't in a harsh way wasn't condemning number three did jesus ever force anyone to believe in him and acknowledge him as savior no jesus loved and he spoke what god said for him to speak he performed signs wonders and miracles which allowed the father to draw people to the knowledge that he was the son of God, or is the son of God so Matthew 1617 and Jesus answered them and said blessed are you Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my father, which is in heaven. As the godly leader of a household, you must treat your wife, the way Christ treated the church with love with respect with kindness and you must let the father draw your wife to himself. You see in all of these examples, how Jesus cared for the church. So husbands could benefit from spending more time with their wives and finding a way to show that they care, that their wife can acknowledge, that the wife receives. And men must also spend time more time with their wives finding ways to, oh wait, sorry, men must also listen to the Holy Spirit about what their wives are ready to hear. Just like with women, men must be led by the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus only did what he saw his father doing, godly husbands must listen to God about what he wants them to say at this moment. Putting your foot down if, if a wife disrespects you is not okay putting your foot down if they disrespect God is okay because remember as Christians we should be hard to offend for our own sakes so we defend God and that is great but we should be humble in dealing with our wives There's also a proper way to raise our kids. Most of us know the saying spare not the rod and spoil the child, but few know the scripture it's based on Proverbs 1324 whoever spares the rod hates his son, but who he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. This means that discipline is necessary, even when it's difficult to do at times. We should also consider this scripture though. This is Ephesians 4 6 in the American King James. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the in the nurture and ad- admonition of the Lord. In other words, you should be demonstrating Jesus to them as you raise them, and do not push them so hard that they get angry and rebel against God. We must know what battles to fight with our kids, when to discipline, and when only a discussion is needed. In order to know what to speak and when, we must again, listen to the counselor, the teacher, the guide, the Holy Spirit. Now, what if we're not hearing from him? The Lord has given our ministry Two very helpful tools to help you hear from the Holy Spirit. Now, the first one is a book called Why Doesn't God Speak to Me? This may help you to understand how the Holy Spirit is speaking to and guiding you. And then we also have the course 501 in the academy. It's called The Secret Place, but it's really about connecting more securely to the Lord. I hope you'll consider both of these items now our prayer team would also be glad to pray for you according to the revelation of grace and mercy that we have received the material in the very first class in the 101 section will give you the scriptural backing for the prayer that we'll pray and then after completing that class feel free to sign up for prayer with a team member this can be a good. Way to get started on that journey to learn God's ways to hear more from him. And to be protected by him as you do so. Now, the second thing we need to do is we need to be willing to grow in God. When those close to us are being drawn to God, they may have some questions that need to be answered we need to know more about God and his ways so that we have the necessary knowledge to help those around us. Reading God's word also strengthens our spirit, which will help us hear more from God. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 in the American King James Version says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. When we are Christians, we should desire the milk of the word that's the easy and beginning things but meat meat is for the mature and as we mature, we should also desire the meat of the word. When we read God's word it feeds our spirit and helps us to grow, this is why there are so many scriptures in each of the articles. In the classes in the courts of heaven Academy, as we learn God's ways, it is important to remove any sin that the Holy Spirit reveals. Even if we have embraced the way our parents, our church, or our ancestors have always done something, once we find out it is wrong according to the Word of God, it is important to remove it from our lives to remove anything that may be blocking us from hearing more from God. Now, the New Testament is full of encouragement to for us to stop sinning. Romans six sixteen in the American King James. You know not that whom you yield yourselves to obey you yourself servants to obey his servants you are whom you obey whether it is of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness when we sin we are placing ourselves in satan's hands we have seen the truth of this in visions during intercession and at the courts of heaven Christians have been seen shackled, blindfolded, hooded, or even worse. It is the sin in our life that gives the enemy the right to to affect us like this. Taking Jesus as Lord gets us into heaven, but to be free of the enemy, we must stop obeying Satan. Now, I'm not gonna go into this anymore because the other courses at the Academy go into great detail with the scriptures about this matter. Now, just ask yourself though, how can you help someone become closer to God, become free of sickness or whatever they're suffering suffering with, if you are being attacked or blindfolded by the enemy? Growing in God is important if we are to help others come to know him and to see our loved ones set free. The classes at the Academy abound with information that we have gained from thousands of visits courts of heaven with hundreds of people back in those early training days when we saw five out of ten people were being attacked by an enemy for one particular type of of sin one type of error we created a class about it that is why i encourage you all to do those classes in the academy now the third thing that's going to help us get really good results from our prayers The first thing for the third thing we need to get do to be prepared for that prayer is obtaining a deeper relationship with God. Because your friends and family's journey may not be smooth or easy as they come back to God, you see the enemy may attack them, which in turn may cause them to speak harshly to you. This is not only an excellent opportunity for you to develop the fruit of the spirit. It is vitally necessary for, to keep you from sabotaging God's work. You must be able to walk in those fruits, And those fruits are developed as you grow closer to God. So let's take a brief look at these. There is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, which is meekness and humility, and self-control. These are all from galatians 5 through 23 now love is listed first and it is the primary fruit from which all flow only god can help us love others as he loves us the closer we are to god and the more of his love we feel the easier it will be to love everyone this is the foundation of our christian faith when helping those around you move closer to god All of these are important, but a few are absolutely required. Patience, gentleness, which is that meekness and humility, and and self-control. We must have patience so that God can have his full work in the lives of those around us. Even if it doesn't look bright and cheery, even if it looks dark and dangerous and more gloomy, we must be patient and know that God has this. Luke 5, Luke eight, fifteen, and the American King James says, but that on good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring it bring forth fruit with patience. If we want fruit for our prayers, if we want good results from our prayers, when we sow the word into somebody's life, when we are praying for them, we must have patience. There may be times when those close to us will be rude or abrasive or outright attack us for our beliefs. If we don't have this fruit of the spirit, we need to quickly develop it. And the Lord will strengthen you to do that. You see, if we are impatient, we could push them to take steps they are not ready for, which may cause them to rebel against the progress they've already made. If we haven't developed gentleness and we respond in pride instead of humility, it could give the enemy an opening to push them farther from God. If we are not self-controlled, we could lose our temper and say horrible things, which may turn into a stumbling block for those we care about. An example may help explain why these fruits are so important. I've interceded for my husband, who was baptized a while back. He gave his life to the Lord. Jesus really making him Lord of his life. However, because of the intercession in one particular year, he was finally able to really step forward and give make that final step of raising his hand in church, raising his hand in an assembly and saying, yes, I give my life to the Lord. Since that time, it's been quite a walk. Here is one week that of (laughs) one week after that, which is a perfect example of how these vital steps of preparation are necessary. Now, I'm going to put numbers in here as I give you these that will correspond to those those three gifts, the three things we need to do. Now, my husband and Tony and I were driving across town while I was rereading a prophecy that was coming to pass in the world. My husband looked greatly annoyed. I asked if he was upset with me about something and he insisted he was fine. How many of you know when your spouse says, I'm fine? It's, it's sometimes not fine, right? Well, all of a sudden, the car felled or filled with an intense smell of cat urine. Have you ever smelled cat, a litter box, or a cat when they pee? It smells horrendous. So I turned to my husband and I said, Tony, did we just drive past something weird? Do you smell cat pee? I did this to make sure it was something spiritual and not natural. You see, Tony shrugged and said, I don't smell, smell anything. Since I had received messages from the Holy Spirit before about demonic activity by this type of smell, that would be number one, that's growth in the, in the Lord and hearing from the Holy Spirit. I wasn't surprised when a gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit had, put my phone, had me putting my phone away. But the Holy Spirit said, put down your phone. I got something for you to do. So I prodded my husband a bit and I said, you seem really irritated about something. He sighed. I'm just getting frustrated with that car of yours. I tested the radiator for an exhaust leak and it came back positive. That means I have to change the head gasket again. Luckily, my husband's a mechanic and he can do these things. <laughs> I, I asked, is there anything else that it could be Tony grumbled, the only way for exhaust fumes to get into the radiator is the head gasket, it should have to be it shouldn't have to be done so soon after the last time. I commiserated with him and I said oh honey i'm so sorry I didn't know the situation was so serious I haven't even prayed about it. Well Tony's voice became very loud and demanding. He said, yes, you have. You've been praying about a new car for years. And where is it? He said, don't even say that you haven't prayed about this. Wow. How many of you can have been in a situation like that with a spouse or a loved one? And you're just like, ah, where'd that come from? (laughs) You know, right? Well, I had to put a stranglehold on my temper. That's number three, which that's the fruits of the spirit, which wanted to shout back at him that this was why I don't volunteer to pray for you more because of this attitude, you know? But no, I just took a deep breath and I tried to calmly explain. I said, well, this isn't the type of praying for a car that I was talking about. I also pray for God to help keep this car going until his provision comes in. That is what I was talking about praying for. I continued by stating, I would have asked God, why is this car having issues when we don't have a new one yet? Well, this did not solve the issue. He insisted that you've, you have still prayed about the car and you just said you didn't. And now you want me to do, something, do nothing on Sunday because we were talking about having a Sabbath on Sunday. Well, I've been doing nothing and nothing gets done. And now I have to fix this car. And when will I have time to fix it if I'm taking Sundays off for God? Hmm, okay, so now we're coming to the root of the issue. Remembering that the Holy Spirit had revealed that the enemy was here and trying to cause me to be offended, I ignored the jab and I looked at the real issue. I remained silent for a few minutes, focusing, I had to focus really hard, trying to figure out what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say. So quietly I said, so then this isn't only about the car, It's about doing what the Bible says and honoring God on the Sabbath. Tony growled. Have you ever had your husband growl at you or your spouse? (laughs) I've been trying for the last two weeks and look where it's gotten me. Now, I didn't say anything for a good five minutes. I just waited for the Holy Spirit's guidance. When I didn't receive anything, I didn't say anything. Well, finally, we pulled into our place for lunch. It's called taco time. It's just a little, you know, fast food, little taco place. And then I heard from the Holy Spirit. So as we sat down, I said very quietly, I don't want to sound like Yoda, but honey, with God, there is no trying. There is only do or do not. Either you're going to do it God's way and rest on Sundays so he can work in your life. Or you're going or you are in charge of your life and you will work on Sundays. Now Tony nodded but didn't say a word. He had time to think about it while why our food came to our table after we ordered. I finally took both hands of his and mine and I stated, Honey, you are the smartest, most capable capable, most talented man I know. And this isn't hyperbole, this is not flattery. My husband is super talented with fixing things. I said, you are able to fix anything and accomplish anything you set your mind to. Because of this, it's hard for you to ask for help, to admit that you need help. And to realize that there are some things that you cannot do. I said, maybe God is just waiting for you to take your hands off things and say to him, I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. God cannot cannot work on something that you are determined to control. I said, are you honoring God and giving the work to him by taking a rest one day a week? Maybe the enemy is trying to get you to pick things back up by not honoring the Sabbath. If If the enemy causes you to do this, I said, he can keep God from helping you. This point, my husband had tears in his eyes. By the time I finished speaking, the food had just arrived. Now you have to understand, my husband didn't even cry when his mom died. I think he only cried when we put our puppy in the ground, two of them. So tears were not something that he did very often. I didn't speak of the matter again. I gave the Holy Spirit time to work on Tony's heart. The next week, Tony took another look at the car, and he told me the issue wasn't as bad as he thought. Now, you see how all three of those things, I had to really walk with God in those things in order to help my husband quickly overcome this test from God. I needed to be prepared. If I hadn't received the warning, that's the first thing, I might not have been ready for the battle. And it was a spiritual battle. Secondly, if I hadn't learned about the Sabbath and how we should try to honor it, unless we are in some deep need, I may not have spotted the real point of the attack. And three, if the Holy Spirit had not helped me develop the fruit of the Spirit, well, pride may have caused me to respond to Tony's jab about prayer. I may have had, I may not have had the kindness to let the Holy Spirit speak to him and encourage him through me. This is why it's critical. That you be prepared to intercede when you intercede for those close to you when they begin walking towards god you can either be a hindrance or a help they may never know how much you've done to them until for them until you get to heaven but once they're there they will know most important your father in heaven knows until then we must do what our lord has commanded us to do matthew 16 24 If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You see, a cross is a heavy burden, a sacrifice. It starts with learning uh, learning about God and his ways and doing what he says. You have to apply what you learn. It begins at home with the ones we love. If we cannot show God's love to the people closest to us, we have not yet developed the fruit of the spirit to the point where we can be used tremendously by God. In first Timothy chapter three, God shows us that in order to be a leader in the church, we must have the fruit of the spirit, and it must begin in our home life. I hope That you have come to understand something more about preparing for intercession for your family to get the best results today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it has been my desire to hear clearly from you and and guide your children in your ways. Holy Spirit, if I have missed it in any way, I do ask that you forgive me. And grant and grant me wise and godly wisdom restore it to me. And grant all those here wise and godly wisdom, I place them all into your hands, the seeds of the word of God have been sown Holy Spirit, bring it to full maturity move into their lives and help them receive wisdom from you in greater measure. In your name Lord amen.